This is your Kaiser Manufacturing video cast for Thursday, April 16th. And I tweeted something out this week, and I wanted to see if anybody else was feeling kind of the same way that I was feeling. The general idea is that during this quarantine, with no sports and there's no travel, you can't go to a restaurant, there's really nothing to do. I think everybody thought, and a lot of people have been saying, man, time is just crawling by. I don't feel that way. I really honestly do not feel that way. This is the sixth video cast, meaning six weeks in a row that we've done this. It's April 16th, and I actually feel like time is flying by in some ways. I will agree the routine and things are Groundhog Day-ish to, to a certain extent, but I honestly feel like we're zipping along time-wise. Derek, is it possible that both things are true, that, that some people are feeling this flying by and some people are feeling this crawling by? Because I think you feel the same way I do a little bit. Well, it feels like a summer nationals and the speed in speed weeks. You <laughs> think that it's going a long time during the grind. But then when you look back, you're like, how the hell was I at Kankakee Speedway for the first night of the summer nationals when you're at Oakshade? And once you get in that repetition, I think it goes it like just seems to go quicker. But in other times, it feels like it just taken forever but it's just it feels like a speed week summer nationals to me the phenomenon that i'm experiencing is like the weekend gets here and my weekends are different now because i'm actually home i'm not at the racetrack so i have like normal american weekends I'm like man the weekend's over it's monday and then all of a sudden i blink and it's thursday we're recording this at thursday at one o'clock central time i just i can't i can't get over how fast that sunday all the way until the thursday is going it just feels like it's flying by you've already seen his lovely face once i'm joined as always by Derek kessinger in the studio and this is big today we are flying without training wheels today it's the one and only dustin mccarty who you've seen a few times this week as he officially takes over for turn dmac i need you to do me a favor can you offer this jack sullivan fumbles with his phone in the background i can hear him can you can you offer me a little more commentary than uh than than turn does dustin I'll do my best. Uh, I will <laughs> That's say, not a lot. That's not a great start. <laughs> I, I need, say hell yeah. I, I need something stronger than that. <laughs> I went back and watched our video cast from last week, and you confused the hell out of me when you uh, told me to turn my mic towards me because Turn was sitting next to me, so I thought you were talking to him. So I oh, you thought I meant Turn as in yeah, Turn. All right. Like, hey, Turn, we need you on the mic. All right. So. I'm expecting a little more from you during this video all right. cast. All right. We'll do. Uh, our guests today include the incomparable Todd Turner, the one and only Dale McDowell. We know where he'll give us some good perspective. And who had a tornado scare Dale did last Sunday night. And Derek had a good idea. We keep talking to Americans. Let's talk to someone around the world, and we're going to do that today with Australian Kai Blight. It's, it's what is Go. it, two, 2 in the morning, Derek, where Kai is. Yeah, we're going to talk to him. 2 in the morning out there. And as always, during a video cast, you've already heard him kind of fumbling his phone in the background, which I'm not that surprised about. Under quarantine, we have a co-host who's a driver or someone inside the industry, and I'm excited about this one as I have been any of them. From Greenbrier, Arkansas, Jack Sullivan joins us as our co-host for the next hour. Jack, when I asked you to co-host with Derek and I this week, I want to know, what was your reaction when I asked you to host with us? Well, uh, I had to ask, and I what the hell is a podcast? <laughs> uh, do, do you have a little better understanding? you got to be with us for the next hour. You're good with that, right? Yeah, I'm fine with that. All I right. figured it out. All right, I'm just making sure you're solid with that. So Jack will be chiming in. Jack, what, what is the most interesting thing you've done during quarantine, Jack, that you can say on the air, by the way? What's the most interesting thing that you've done? Uh, I haven't done anything, to be real honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I went, I, I, 
I've, I've been fishing. I've been uh, I played with the kids more. I've uh, hung out with Natalie way more than I probably wanted to. <laughs> and uh, uh, so yeah, I've I've been like everybody else. I've just been kind of laying low. I have a specific Natalie question for you coming up here in a minute. So hold Natalie, his wife, by the uh-huh. way. So so hold that thought for a second. Jack is going to be chiming in during the next hour. Uh, before we get to more from Jack, we have we have put in so much content on Dirt on Dirt and Flow this last five or six weeks. DMAC, throw that first one up there. Uh, the, the Dirt on Dirt content. We, we let Corrin take this week. We debated what is a crown jewel. Later today, we're going to be with Berkey for our Stay Home segment as we relive the two greatest moments of his career. Our editorial department with Brian Shirley kicked out this exclusive story. Brian Shirley Suave owns like nine businesses. People forget that. So he's been juggling all this. The old Dirt Station video, Fast Talk, the eye racing we've been doing on Facebook, and the weekend rewind, which we will touch on later in the show. From Friday at noon until Monday at noon, Derek, the best of the summer nationals coming this week. I know you're excited about that. Hell yeah, but there's like a time frame I can't watch. I'm too heartbroken. <laughs> so we'll get the, we'll talk about that a little later when we get the schedule up. Flow racing also with tons of content. Of course, on the sprint car side, we've got the Amsoil iRacing Challenge at Williams Grove. Thunder Relived has been – remember the old ESPN Thursday Night Thunder stuff, Suave? We've been re-airing that on Flow Racing. And uh, Johnny Jason uh, Johnny Parsons, excuse me, and Jason McCord have been part of that. And ref- refreshed Flow Racing 24-7 playlist. We are streaming USAC content 24-7. And next week, one of my favorite weeks on Flow, Kokomo Week. Some of the best non-wing sprint car races and late model races, I believe, from Kokomo as well. You sent uh, Tim some Kokomo video, didn't yes, you, Yes, Kokomo Clash, I think, from 2017. Shout out to Mike Spatola winning that one. Uh, real quick, and I want to get Jack's thoughts on this too. Sonoya Raceway in Georgia said, hey, we're practicing May 2nd. We're going to have a race on May 9th. May 16th, we're going to have Ray Cook's Spring Nationals. That's less than a month away. Of course, a lot could happen with governments and presidents and everything by then. But, Derek, you're starting to see a little bit tracks are wanting to get open. Yeah, because let's be honest, March and April, the weather is suspect throughout the entire country. Once you get to that May level, that's when everybody has that cabin fever at an all-time high. So they're ready to go racing. No, yeah, I agree. It's uh, I think you're going to see more and more of that, which we'll touch on later in the show. Jack, what do you think about that? Are we going to start to see more tracks just say, screw it, we're going to try to open in May, the hell with it? Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing it on my end quite a bit where racetracks, even racers are calling like, all right, you know, people are sitting around long enough and uh, they're itching. You know, really, uh, around here, you know, April really, I don't really know how much racing we would have got in for us down here anyway because of the rain. It has rained. So, as right now, though, it's starting to get warmer. People are... Uh, uh, people are itching to get out, and I'm hearing some, uh, like I say, I'm hearing some uh, rumblings of racetracks uh, at least wanting to practice and, uh, you know, just just get the flow going. Jack, we start every video cast we do with our co-host. We play a little game with them. We ask some fun questions. Uh, I, I, I asked you, I said, Jack, you drink beer, don't you? And you gave me like six thumbs up emojis back. So we thought we'd hit you with a six-pack, of course, of questions to kick things off. I've got a few of the six. Derek's got a few of the six. My first question, Jack, and I want your honest opinion. Your lovely wife, Natalie, is she sick of you during this quarantine? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Do you care to yeah. elaborate on that? Yeah. Uh, care to elaborate well, on that? I mean, I mean, she, she, um, 
told me the other day, she said, is there something outside you can go do? And I stay outside all the time. I really don't sit inside at all. I'm usually beating or working or tearing something up. And I wasn't even in the house probably 20 minutes, and she told me I didn't go, go find something to do. So I <laughs> thought, all right, then. So that's a yes, Derek. That's a resounding yes to that yes. question. Yes. Question number two. You only raced six times last year. Is you took over the reins of the race director, basically, for the Comp Cam Series after your brother Chris purchased it. I want to know, how much worse is working as a race official than actually racing? It's way worse. <laughs> Why is that? Well, a racer a ra- racer's worried about him and his night. You know what I mean? Like, he has no idea other than if somebody's run over him or done him bad, he don't care about nobody but himself. And on the racing side of it, a director, you're trying to worry about everybody. You're trying to worry about, uh, you know, you know who goes here, what's go there, you know, the calls on the racetrack, lining people up, moving people around. It is way, <laughs> way worse than racing. All right. That's good to know. That was also a yes, Derek. Uh, question three. Uh, I talked to Jeep last week. We had him on for an Eldora segment. You and Jeep Van Wormer were pretty famous running mates on the Summer Nationals uh, there for a few years. Give me your best Jeep Van Wormer story from back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, My God, you threw me on the spot there. Well, we were at a racetrack one night, and then he, uh, (laughs) I was at Clarksville. That's where it was. It's Clarksville. And I'm trying to pass him for the lead. And uh, we're running there, and, and, you know, I'm thinking, man, we're good old buddies here. You know, hell, he'll leave me a little room here. (laughs) We're going down the straightaway, and he just left turns me all the way down the front straightaway. And then we get in the corner. And I, you know, he's got me squirreled up. We'll go down the back straightway, and he's just leaning on me the whole way. And, you know, I finally, you know, I finally run him up the hill pretty hard and went on and won. And then after the race there, and uh, he come down there and gave me a high five and all this, and he says, um, I said, Jeep, what about that straightaway there? He said, hey, man, you didn't think I was just going to let you pass me, did you? <laughs> he said, <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping you'd have a flat. <laughs> uh, he was hoping he took you out of the race. Come on, Jeep. What an asshole. Yeah. What an I'm asshole like, move. Like, I said, what an I said, you're a real little asshole, man. <laughs> Derek's got the next two hey, questions. Man. Derek's got the next yeah. two questions for us. Swav, go ahead. All right, it's election year, of course, and for years now I've been promoting you to become the mayor of Fairbury. What are we gonna have to do? What's our campaign strategy? <laughs> campaign strategy on for you to become a Fairbury mayor. We need some, uh, all the people listening at home, what are some uh, ideas you have for them? What would be my campaign strategy? Yes. yes. For Fairbury, being the mayor of Fairbury. <laughs> yeah, if you're the mayor of Fairbury, what's your strategy? Um, well, I ain't been there in a few years, but one thing I would do is I would open that golf course up and I would make, racing golfing and all that one deal and like i would shut the town down where nobody could drive except to the racetrack to where and i would just let it be a an entire festival i mean i want the fair i want the ferris wheel i want the spot i want everything going (laughs) and i want mobile bars 
everywhere. I Mobile mean, bars, I'm in. I guarantee He's got you, my vote. He's got your vote. <laughs> and the Dairy Queen would be open 24-7, right? Yeah, 24-7. And the Dairy Queen would be open 24 Yes, I agree. I, I think – I don't think they're doing enough there. He's got my vote, Swab. You got one more for him, too. What is more stressful, driving your own race equipment or working for Mark Richards when you work for the Rocket Team <laughs> back at Speed Weeks? What is that? I can't hardly hear you. Oh, sorry. I said, what is more stressful, racing, like owning your own race team and racing for your own team or working for Mark Richards during Speed Weeks? <laughs> uh, probably Mark Richards at Speed Weeks. <laughs> Why is that? Listen, man, that guy's on the chip. And if you don't, if you ain't, listen, if you ain't, if you ain't keeping up with him, you'll get run the hell over. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, like it's, I was, uh, I went with him that one year and was sitting around there and, uh, uh, the racetrack blowed. I mean, it was, it was, I think the first night they didn't run in the top five and I'm thinking, so he says, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, what do you mean? He said, we're horrible. I said, you run like seven. <laughs> I mean, that's a, you Evolution. I mean, that's not just that's not just bad. You know what I mean? But it's not. He said, "We're going to have to fix this thing. This thing is horrible." I like, Are you kidding me? You'd, you'd have been thrilled with seventh, Jack. You'd have been thrilled. I'd have loved it. Yeah. I'd have, hell, I'd have bought. I'd have bought drinks. God dang. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. it's just. And it, and and that and and that's just his frame of mind, you know what I mean? That and that's and that's what makes him that makes him as uh, successful as he is, you know. It's he's just it wasn't that wasn't good enough. Uh, that was fantastic. So. Final question of the six pack: Is there a day where you're going to run thirty races again in your career in a season, or are you into that ten to twelve at the most situation now? <laughs> right now, I'm probably into that ten to twelve, maybe fifteen. That's um, it, that's it. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'd like to race more. Um, I think what I did where I screwed up was I sold that rig, and then I didn't. <laughs> well, then I didn't have no way to get around, and so then I but I but I bought me another rig. So and I got a car ordered from Richard. So we'll just uh, I'll race more if we ever get to racing. That's true. That was good, Derek. That was about as good of a six-pack as you're going to get right there. Yeah, you laughed at all our questions. I, I don't know if that was uh, – we did a bad job picking them and you're laughing at us or that we actually did pretty good. Uh, that was six-pack with Jack Sullivan. Guest number one is going to join us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. And I'm looking forward to Jack putting his journalism hat on here a little bit as we get Todd Turner – I get Todd Turner dialed up here. Hopefully he answers the first time. Yeah, yeah. Todd has a tendency sometimes to ignore my phone calls. That's 13. We're going on 13 years of that. So let's see how this uh, – Let's see how this pans out here. I think that I think he's there. I think Jack would be pumped, to, thrilled to interview a guy that's been interviewing him for years. Todd, so. do we got you or not? There he is. Hey, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Todd, you are on. And Todd, hey. I got to be honest with you. You are following a very entertaining opening with Jack Sullivan. So I just want to kind of forewarn you now, okay? Oh no. <laughs> The last time you were on, Todd, you said that your wife 
was so sick of you that she actually went into her office that had been barricaded off and no one was allowed to go in. I might be paraphrasing a little bit there. Have things settled down at your house, Todd, where you're actually, you and Julie are getting along again? We're getting along. Um, there's not much there. In a little house, there's not a lot of room to hide from each other, but we're, uh, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> How about the dogs? Um, as long as the dogs don't bark while we're talking, we're good. (laughs) Well, those dogs are going to bark. Those, Jack likes that. Those dogs are going to bark. Part of the reason I wanted to have you on, Todd, is just to discuss some actual late model racing, not just the coronavirus, but the actual sport itself. I I know we've had no on-track action, but give me three or four things that have happened the last month that maybe late model fans should kind of stand up and pay a little bit of attention to. Yeah, I'll uh, dug through and found some tidbits, uh, things going on. And most notably uh, was uh, down in Tennessee, and Robert Holman did a news brief about that Golden Mountain Park, as it's called now. Uh, folks that have been around for a while uh, might remember this is a, kind of a recreation complex that someone built a track at, and I guess about uh, going on 20 years ago. And it ran for three or four years, but it's been dormant since 2005. Well, a couple of guys have purchased the whole complex, and they're talking about reviving it, which some of the recreation stuff uh, has been uh, been used uh, over the past years, but no racing since 2005. So uh, that, that could be exciting for that neck of the woods. It's kind of uh, middle Tennessee, uh, not far, uh, not too far from Crossville there. Uh, Three-eighths-mile track. Uh, Owens has won there. Bloomquist won there. Uh, I think Billy Ogle uh, won a big race there. So it had some uh, some decent races uh, back in the day, and that's, uh, that revival could be uh, interesting uh, down the line. Uh, another Some other track news down in Louisiana, um, some folks are talking about putting dirt on an asphalt track in Monroe there. Uh, it's called Revolution Park, uh, and they're talking about putting 1,500 yep. tons of clay on that track and uh, running a big weekend uh uh, mid-September weekend race uh, for Super and Crate Late Models. They don't have all the details, and, and of course, they announced this before the shutdown, so I'm not sure how that might affect it, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what goes on there. Well, uh, um, Todd, real, no, quick, no, no, real quick on that one, Todd, too, before you get to the other ones, that's that Dylan Scott, that pretty famous country music singer who we've got to know a little bit over the years, is the one behind that at, at the Rev down there, so... Uh, little Dylan's had a couple number one hits. He's a decently big name. I just wanted to toss that note in there. It's a pretty well-known guy wanting to put that event on. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, behind it. I guess going to help uh, kind of co-promote it in some way. So that's a that's a neat uh, neat twist of that one there. Um, racer uh, driver wise, uh, interesting. Lynn Richard, who uh, has uh, fielded cars for a long time there in Eastern Iowa, is going to have Brian Harris and Mark Bergdorf split. Uh, split a ride uh, on the eastern half of the Malvern Bank Bunch, which is going to be called the Hoker Tucking Series this year. Uh, so that's, uh, that'll be interesting to see Birdsworth and Harris splitting that ride with Birdsworth riding, uh, driving an IMCA late model and some weekly events as well. And then finally, some bad news. Um, uh, late last month, Phil Coltrane, a two-time Dixie Speedway champion, died and that, that caught my eye for sure. When I lived in North Carolina, I would go to Dixie quite a bit. And it seemed like Dixie was one of those tracks that, uh, of course, they had lots of big races and lots of superstars coming in there. But they would always see some local guys yeah. that would get on hot streets and 
fun to watch them. Uh, uh, Bobby Turner, I remember one year had a big season. Ricky Williams was another, and, and Coltrane another on that list where uh, I guess one season he won five or six uh, weekly races in a row, which is big news. And uh, he had a stroke uh, and, and died uh, after a couple of weeks. It was uh, sorry to see uh, sorry to see his passing. I know a lot of people at Dixie uh, uh, meant a lot to him, uh, meant a lot to them, uh, Phil Line and Brother Jody. Todd, before I open it up to Jack Sullivan and Derek for questions, one more I have for you is I've heard some rumblings that if things do get extended a crazy amount of time, um, that perhaps schedules for both not only the major late model tours, but major sprint car tours and, and things like that, they may just take the schedules, wipe them, keep like the main events like September events and stuff like that, like Knoxville or whatever, wipe them and rewrite schedules altogether. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Like sort of re part of me thinks like, Oh no. But part of me is also kind of like, I don't know. It might be kind of interesting. A mid season schedule shuffle for some tours. I might kind of be able to get behind that as a bright spot of this, I guess. Well, I think if you, if it does come to that, if we get to a certain point of the season where we're clearly going to scrub a whole bunch of races, you got to look at your priorities and your priorities are wanting to keep the biggest races. Uh, and yeah, maybe uh, reconstruct a schedule around those. Uh, of course, that's gonna it's gonna be tough. Uh, uh, lots of hard choices for everybody because certainly if we get to that point, some places are gonna get left out or lose their traditional weekends and that type thing. Uh, it, it really, the longer it goes, and 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 again, we're you know kind of up in the air on all that stuff. Um, the longer it goes, there's gonna be some tough decisions. But the, but it'd be nice to have Knoxville and. And obviously the Eldora races and uh, uh, the Dirt Track World Championship have those races to still kind of uh, frame the season with that uh, the big big money races. Jack, I'm going to let you jump in. You spent a lot of time with Todd Turner on the Summer Nationals. Surely, I cannot wait for this question. What do you have for Todd Turner, Jack Sullivan? <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to know who who actually was uh, who was your toughest interview. Ooh, good one. Ooh, toughest interview. Uh, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you, a guy from your neck of the woods that, that I struggled with a little bit was Terry Phillips. He, I don't know, he, 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 now he had some good stories and things to tell, but I remember specifically uh, the first time I did a big feature story on him, this is like 1999, and he kept getting mad at me because I was taking photos of him. Uh, with dip in his jaw, uh, you know, and and and, and, and he'd always always get mad. He goes, he goes, if my mom sees that, she'll kill me. It's like quit taking pictures. And so he would, uh, and equally, when you talk to him, he was he was reluctant to to sometimes give you the give you the real story. I mean, I certainly sure, certainly I've uh, talked to Phillips a million times in Victory Lane and gotten some good stories out of him. But sometimes you feel like you're. Uh, uh, pulling teeth a little bit, trying to get uh, trying to get him to open up. Todd, you remember he yelled at me at Casa Grande that one time. And again, I, I get along with Terry well, and I like him now. But like, as we very first started, he yelled at me in 2007, I think, November or January 2008. He yelled at me at Casa Grande for wanting to interview him. Todd, do you remember that? Yeah, he was – I think we kind of abruptly – abruptly came upon him and uh as he pulled back to his, his uh, trailer and he, he and you i don't know you kind of ask if you could in, or you kind of just started asking him questions and he kind of said something like did, did i say you could interview me or something <laughs> like that it, it was pretty funny uh jack is there anybody out there that you look at if you were in our position jack and you would say man i really would not want to interview that guy do you have you ever thought about that jack 
no. Um, uh, I always felt like Dennis Erb would be the toughest interview. Like, just get him to talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, because, like, he is, like, you know, you know, he, he, he is – you know, he isn't ever going to give you more than you're ever going to get. It's always yes or no. You know, I don't know. He would always seem be hard for me to interview, but I've seen at times where he's talked to me, and I'm like, and he'll talk forever, but there's times you can't get him to say a word. I think you know? th- I think that's fair. Derek Derek's interviewed him a ton, too. Uh, Dennis is, t- I mean, uh, Dennis is very fair with us, but he's very tough. He always gives us an interview, but he's tough sometimes, isn't he, Suave? Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's opened up more and more though. As this yeah, is going on, like he gives a lot better quotes now when he's not winning, compared like if he's getting third, fourth, and fifth. But yeah, but I gotta ask you a question, uh, Todd, and I guess Jack. The night of Peoria with Jeep Van Warmer, the incident where he like started the race. What was your guys' perspective on that? Um, uh, it was kind of an unfortunate incident, and I guess I guess G probably looks back on it as, as probably not not his best moment. It, it was just one of those things, you know. The summer nationals late in the late in the tour. If you had back then, the provisionals weren't as uh, as plentiful, and Jeep was in uh, in a position where he wasn't going to be able to make the race. Uh, so anyway, there's some finagling going on in the pits about trying to kind of like. Uh, uh, figure out how he could get a provisional to get in. And I think it kind of looked bad because Sam uh, Sam was away at a funeral and he wasn't there. And so it was a little bit a little bit of crazy things going on. Well, of course, Jim Moon uh, was kind of the guy who got the, was the short straw in that. So he didn't get a provisional. The Jeep ended up kind of uh, kind of sneakily inheriting. And, uh, and Moon kind of pulls out there with the with, uh, – He's got uh, a spider taped to the hood of his car, and he wrote 55 on the side of his car. And he was trying to act like he was deep and warmer and comes out and sits on the starting grid there. And, uh, you know, it really probably most people had no idea what was going on. We wrote a little bit about it and talked about it, but it was a little – it was kind of one of those crazy – uh, only on the summer national stories kind of thing. And I think Jack won that night, if I'm correct. If I'm looking back, 2010 was it, Todd? And it says Jack won that race. Race. So I guess Jack was okay with it because he still won the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think what I do remember was was it kind of really screwed me in the points side of it because me and Jeep, I broke a little bit and Jeep broke a little bit. Anyway, he didn't make the race. Well. I was really going to gain quite a bit. And anyway, so he uh, basically, basically what he did was he went up there and asked the promoter, he says, you know, I'll buy my, can I buy my way in this race? And the guy said yes. And so uh, I think maybe in our next lake, uh, Team Lake trip, we all went to the lake on our day off. And we was out there in the, um, we was all out there in the lake, and he asked me, he said, are you mad at me? And I said, oh, he asked me, well, are you mad at me over over me doing that? I said, yeah, it kind of pissed me off, to be real honest with you. <laughs> and, and he said, well, I don't think he said, listen, you can't be mad at me. I just offered it, and he took it. So who you need to be mad at is him. I said, well, that's a fair point. He, he said he didn't have the ball to say no. So, yeah, that was... That was it.
Todd, uh, last thing for you, Todd, before we let you go, give me your best Jack Sullivan story, Todd. What is it? Oh, oh my. That's, that's a long list. But, but my very favorite one, and I'll tell it briefly here. I think this is the next year on the Summer Nationals. We got to about halfway. I think it was I-55, and, and he, had, he was breaking motors right and left. And finally, they were basically out of motors, so they have to go back to this motor that they heard at Paducah. And they used some JB weld to, like, fix a hole in the manifold or something. And it was just kind of, like, limping along. And so for the rest of the series, they run this motor. And it was smoking constantly, like every time he went on the track. And they were just kind of waiting for it to, you know, blow up and break. Uh, but indeed, he, he it lasts for another two weeks. And uh, and he got to where yeah. he started calling it uh, Mary Jane uh, for obvious yeah, reasons because it was smoking a lot. And uh, and as a matter of fact, he even got down to the last race and so Oakshade and ran second, I think, to Rusty's length there. Uh, you know, the longest race on the tour, basically. And and he 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 kind of babied that thing and went all the way down, uh, went all the way uh, to second place. And I remember one one thing he told me. I wrote a story about it. He said uh, he went he went in somewhere to to pit to change tires, and he said somebody asked him if he came in to add oil. <laughs> so, uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Mary Jane, Jack. That was a fun summer nationals when Mary Jane was smoking her way through like the final fifteen races or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it was. It's uh, Todd, I appreciate that. that. I'm going to ask every guest if they have a good Jack Sullivan story, Todd, so we're going to have some good content this week. So, <laughs> <laughs> Todd, we appreciate right. it, buddy. Thank you very much for joining us. Be safe, okay? Yeah, good talking to you all. Jack, what does it feel like as I get Dale McDowell, I'm going to dial Dale up. Everybody's got a story about you, Jack. What's that feel like? <laughs> I don't know, good or bad. <laughs> well, the thing is, you think that Rigsby would, like, give you several thank you cards or buy you, like, plenty of beer for, like, helping his career in the Summer Nationals covers that you and Jeep gave us all during the heyday. Uh, that is true. I, I, owe, I owe Jack a steak dinner. I, Jack, you have my word. I will get you a steak. I will buy you a steak dinner, okay? Good. <laughs> okay. Let's, yeah. let's dial Dale up here and get him on the line. I know Dale's gonna have a Jack Sullivan story for me too. Here, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Uh, Dale is safe down there. Dale, are you there? Hello, hey, I'm here. Dale, we're going. We're coming in hot. We are live on the air right now with with Derek Kessinger and myself hosting the show, and our co-host this week, Dale, is Jack Sullivan. All right. So, I just, oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. I That's just, great. I just want you to be prepared that Jack's going to be asking you some questions, Dale. I don't know if you ever thought that would happen in your career or not. Oh, maybe just once or twice. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised I haven't had you on yet, Dale. Uh, you always give such great perspective on life and racing, and you know, I want to forget Corona for a second. The the whole coronavirus situation. You had a tornado issue last week near your home down there, where you guys live near Chattanooga. Tell me the story, Dale. What happened with the tornado? Are you guys all safe? And what exactly went on? Well, we we did. We um, we actually the tornado was probably within a mile, mile and a half. Um, we're just on the west side of of I seventy five there at Ottawa, and the tornado came up through the east side, and um, so it was pretty bad. Uh, they said it was like one mile wide and uh, was on the ground for eight or nine miles, and and did a lot of devastation, a lot of, lot of, um, lot of stuff. Actually, Shane and Sarah were in town, and 
And so we had some friends that uh, it, hit, it got his parents. Uh, and um, so we went over that night when everything was done uh, and worked till 4 or 5 in the morning trying to help people. And wow. But we were fortunate. We had no damage. It, but it was uh, – so there's been a lot lot happening here in Chattanooga. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it'll be all right. We'll get through it. Well, I'm glad you guys are safe for sure. I, I was thinking about you. I texted you the next day, and I had heard that it was relatively close to the house. And uh, you that's not surprising me that you guys – you're out on four-wheelers, right? You went out on four-wheelers till 4 and 5 in the morning working with people, if I heard that correct. Yeah, we were. We had uh, – yeah. we'd actually been riding. Shane had came in town for Easter. Uh, he's been coming in. He and Sarah have been coming in on weekends, and we've been trying to make the best of it. Um, you know, so we'll go we'll go riding AT, or UTVs, go riding side-by-sides, and – and uh, do our social distancing part. <laughs> so, but anyway, we had come back in, and and uh, the weather started getting bad um, uh, there Sunday evening, and and uh, so it it really uh, got a lot worse. Uh, you know, it, we were all in there, and Sarah was outside actually trying to listen to see what she could hear, or, or just opening the doors because it really got calm, you know, before before the the tornadoes got there. And uh, so it was. Uh, it was. It was pretty intense there for a little bit. We were trying to figure out where we were going to go in the house. Yeah. Uh, what we were going. What we were going to do. So. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, it, it was fortunate. But but really, it was. Uh, uh, we all went over there. Uh, Shane, Sarah, and um, Tiffany, myself, and and my son Tucker. We all went over there, and and you could not even drive it. It just the pictures. Wow just didn't do it justice you know so it was it was terrible but we was glad to be able to help out you know we, we took the side-by-sides in and shane actually helped uh some people out that had some medical conditions and 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 got them out to, to some transportation and uh and, and we got my my buddy we got we got his uh parents out safe and so uh it was awesome to to be able a service to that the mcdowell's continue to be some of the best people in motorsports and that just that flushes <laughs> that out even more i, I think Dale, switching gears, I think you would have likely run all or many of these spring nationals races that we've missed out on so far that have been canceled or postponed. Do you feel like that you Southeastern guys have maybe even had a tougher lick in racing? Because, you know, whether it's Jason Fager or somebody up here, we we likely don't race until mid-April to May 1st anyway. You Southeastern guys have missed more because of this entire coronavirus situation. I feel like it's been even a little harder on you guys down there maybe than everybody else. Definitely. We start earlier and, and actually we race on up into the year later too yeah. as well. You know, it gets a little iffy, you know, and late, late in the year and then our spring races or, or, uh, the weather's is just crazy here. But I think that's why, you know, forever, a lot of those guys come in this area and run some of those races. Uh, you know, the weather can either be really great or, you know, it can, it can be cold and, and similar to what it is up next to you guys, but, but, uh, but we do have a little burst of, of nice weather. And, and so if they can get the races in, I mean, a lot of the racetracks down here, some of them have been, I know they've been practicing at a couple of places and, uh, with limited cars, you know, and, and, um, some, I think they're eight, 10 cars or something like that, just to keep the people count down. Um, you know, so it's, everybody's got the fever, you know, everybody's try, having to adjust to, to this. And obviously it's something that, that we've never seen before, you know, and, and so it's, uh, it's a complete different, uh, just a complete different way of life and, and, and looking at things. And so just being patient, I think is, is, you know, going to be the key. And, uh, and I know everybody's ready to get back to racing. I'm, I'm ready to get back to race. My days are running out, Michael. I'm getting older, <laughs> man. I'm counting, I'm counting them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm missing races right now. So, uh, so I'm ready to get back to racing as soon as we can in, in a safe manner. 
Dale, uh, our first guest was Todd Turner, of course, our journalist, and he, he gave us some great insight. And Jack had a really good question for Todd. He asked him who his toughest interview ever was. Uh, now I'm opening the floor up for Jack to ask you a question. Jack, you did so good with Todd. What is your question for Dale McDowell? Well, I'm just sitting there thinking, um, Dale being one of the, I should say, one of the elder statesmen in our sport, <laughs> and I consider him to be uh, – He's in the conversation with with uh, with the uh, upper echelon of of people who's done it, but through your years, you know, after uh, the shock behind come along, and and I've always worried it where like shock behind when it come you know when it started, it weeded a lot of guys. I shouldn't say I'm not gonna name names, but some guys just couldn't do it when it went behind because the aggressiveness of the the style of racing changed from uh, when it was in front of the housing versus behind the housing. And so through the years, how do you feel like, and you're one of the guys, you and Wendell, and there's, there's obviously more than Blunquist that, that, that adapted well. But after that, I mean, when, when's been the next step of like that kind of change, like, Okay, I got to change my style because the style of racing has changed. Well, Jack, I mean, that's a really good question. Yes, it I mean, is. I think yes, it's happened. I, I, <laughs> I think it I think it's happened in the past, you know, 2 or 3 years. Um, you know, we've gone through this transition and I go through this when I when I'm doing classes or doing driving schools or or something. But we went through these transitions where we adjusted our cars with the chassis or with the bars, with 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 stuff to make the cars be, you know, with those changes, it would it would put those cars or put our chassis in those attitudes. Now, mm-hmm. when we get out there through spring rates and and things like that, the cars actually go into that attitude without having to change all those bars and stuff that we used to change. And and so within saying that. You know, and, and I'm constantly, I'm constantly have to remind myself of this. I actually, and I think it goes on across the board, but I actually have to change in the seat driving style wise more now throughout the night than I can ever having to recall, you know, making, making changes. And so it's made a study, you know, it, it makes a study, um, uh, um, uh, the techniques like I'm, 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 if I'm at the racetrack, I'm at one corner or the other corner. And and believe me, I ain't doing it for the exercise. I'm doing it to study what these guys are doing, you know, as as for for the for the deacceleration points and the throttle pickup points. And there's so much that you can learn by doing it that way because forever and ever we'll go practice and I know Jack will know what I'm talking about this. Man, I'll come in and we'll make a change and I'll say, That's better and Shane say, Yep, that's better, three tenths slower. You know, so <laughs> So, so, yep. so, so the, so the feel, you know where I'm at, Jack, right? So the, oh, yeah, I know so the, saying. so I think that's part of our change, you know, like, uh, the drivers that come in at that, I mean, and even like with us working, you know, when we switched over and, and was running and running the Blumquist stuff, when Scott and I would talk about stuff and he'd be real reluctant, like, I don't think we got to do that or I don't, you know, and, and so guys like that, you know, have, 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 have had to make the change. You know, they've had to drive the cars different. The cars are in a different attitude now, um, you know, and, and but we're making less changes on the cars now. Uh, that's what's confusing. You know, we go to the racetrack, and we're not changing as much on the cars. It's it's small changes, uh, but we're having to change a lot in the seat. 
So I think in the last two or three years, when you've seen these cars, when you race fans and everybody have actually saw these cars change attitudes on the racetrack, we've had to change in the seat. Um, you know, so, and you're right. I mean, if, if you take guys that, that are not open-minded and, and don't study, you know, what's going on, because I'll do something. I mean, I'm telling you, it still happens till today. Uh, you know, I, I, as we go racing today, I'll do stuff and I'll be in my man, that, man, that feels terrible. And Shane, Mike, you're good on the watch. Get used to it, you know. And so, or 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 it's me. So when I get out of the car now, my first question is, if if we're off, you know, time wise or something, my first question is is like, is it me? Is it my line? Is it something I'm doing? And and we don't like to do that, but that's where it is today. You know, that's just that's just where racing is. And these things, and I tell people all the time, and and I said these things drive these race cars actually drive terrible. They they really they drive terrible, they do. I mean they they uh, you, if you follow somebody and you're in bad air, it'll just take off and it'll push. They ride terrible. They beat us to death, especially us old guys. Um, yeah. But in the end result, our racing is good because of that. Uh, yeah. I feel like our racing is probably better as far as uh, you know passing and and side-by-side racing and multi-groove racing is probably better today than it has been. And I just think it's because of, you know, the uh, of the way the cars uh, are today. You hear that, yeah. keyboard, keyboard Warriors? The racing's better than it is now than it was back then from <laughs> Dale McDowell. But, Dale, I have to ask you a question. For you guys not racing, guys like Scott Bloomquist, great minds like Mark Richards, is this going to help or hurt their competition because they're thinking and thinking during this entire month? Or do you think it doesn't matter because they need racing to get the data and get faster? I, I don't – I don't. I, I mean, those guys program – I mean, Mark Richards is, is, is a hard worker and, and his program's good and he studies it, you know. And, and um, uh, I mean, that's why he has the result he has and, and – with whoever's driving the car. I mean, obviously Brandon Shepard's done an awesome job, um, you know, and, and their communication's really good. I think a lot of it is communication. I think a lot of it now is somebody that can sit up top, you know, where my brother is so valuable, uh, you know, in that side. I mean, because a lot of people don't know, like my brother raced for a little bit, and now he can get in the car, and, man, he can run within two or three-tenths of me when we're practicing somewhere. I mean, he can just jump in and go. And so having somebody like that that communicate, you know, with you as far as uh, helping me driving style-wise or, or somebody, need, you know, another driver needs that, that way you're not getting out changing the car, you know, and doing things. But, but I really – I think the downtime will strengthen everybody's program. Uh, I think it will strengthen everybody's program. But I feel like the guys that are studying what's going on and, you know, with, with their competition – I don't think there's a huge advantage other than everybody just having their stuff ready and fresh when you get ready to, you know, when we get ready to fire this thing off again. Dale, last question I have for you before we let me, before we let you go, give me your best Jack Sullivan story. Do you have one? Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I've got, I've got, (laughs) I've got a lot of them. I mean, Joe used to, Garrison was, was rough on Jack when we first, when we first started, everybody was rough on Jack. Jack actually, he was a, (laughs) <laughs> I was. I got mistreated. Everybody, everybody was rough on Jack, but he was a, he was a, he was a warrior, man. He he uh he he soldiered right through it, and he'd give it back to everybody too. When everybody had a 
had an issue. But uh, Joe used to call him. I think his first nickname was Dummy Son. And uh, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. but that's just part of it. I mean, Jack's done a good job, and, and his brother Chris has been a huge a huge asset to those guys. I mean, I know they they work, they work together, and they've been a big uh, big part of racing out in that area, and big part of racing all together. So, um, I don't really have an individual story. We got a lot of little stories. I'm sure I'll think of one as soon as we hang up. But, but we've had a lot of fun together, and Jack's a lot of fun to hang out with. And uh, so, there's a lot of good guys in racing, man. This, this, these people got to get out and and uh, mix and mingle with their, all of them, and they'll, get all, their, they'll get all their first down. Okay. So, okay. A, 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 a follow-up. Tell me. Shoot it at me. Did you really, at Cedar Lake, I mean, did you really slip in that rubber and that oil slick? Yeah, here we go. I'm, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm See, Rigsby, 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 <laughs> did you send him a text to tell him ask me that? I swear to God I did not ask him, but I am licking my chops at this answer right I now, mean, Michelle. I, I, I thought I seen just a little bit of oil down there, but I didn't know if you hit it or not. Uh, well, we, yes, we did. We had, a, we had a caution. Scott knocked the hole in the oil pan. And oh, so when we re- well, see Scott knocked on the oil pan. See, I I, I remember these details. Uh, so yeah, I did run through the oil and slip in the oil. So, so I mean, that, Rigsby asked me that every time, three out of five times. When I walk by Rigsby, he'll ask me about that. I didn't know he did that. I, when he, I swear to God, I had no idea he was going to ask that. And when he started, like tears started coming down my face when he started to ask Don't me that. Don't you lie. You text him while you text him. I, while swear, I swear to God. I swear to you. He did. Um, I've always thought that. He's just confirming this confirming the action right jack do you believe him do you believe yeah, I'll just double check it. do you believe his story <laughs> okay. jack or no jack do yeah you, i don't know his mouth's moving <laughs> dale's a pretty honest guy but i have some i have some suspicions that's all just some suspicions <laughs> All right, Dale, I appreciate it, man. I could talk to you for hours. Uh, thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate that. And uh, stay safe down there. Keep Shane and Sarah safe at Planet Zero, too. I know it's probably crazy over there during this quarantine right now. Are they holding up okay? Do we know? I think so. I okay. think everything's good. They've been coming down the past couple of weekends and, and uh, staying with us. So we've been having we've been having fun doing some different okay. stuff. And and uh, so it's uh, had a little had a little family time and We've had a little work to do too. Our stepdad passed away there, yeah, um, Joe Dover, which was a huge part of our program. And and he, my mom's been gone for about eight and a half years, but but our stepdad just passed away a couple months ago. So we've been working at their house, doing some stuff and going through some things. And and uh, so we've been trying to stay busy during this off time. But all of us are ready to get back going as soon as uh, as soon as everything clears up and and uh, and everybody fires back up. We're ready to go. All right, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Stay safe and tell everybody we said hello. Okay. Okay, thank you, guys. All right, thank you. Derek, Derek, can you believe that Sullivan just asked him that question? He yeah. will never believe us, Jack. Nick <laughs> Ecker got mad at me on Suave Talk for asking the same exact question, Jack, because he's the one that won the bonus, and he got mad at me. He says, you and Rigsby are just out to get me. So. For those that yeah. don't remember, it's Cedar Lake one year. If you won X amount of races on this Have a Tampa Northern Swing, the, the bonus was like hundred grand, right, Jack? It was a huge bonus, if I remember I right. I think so, yeah. And McDowell's yeah. leading the race late. Eckert was in second, and if 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 Eckert if Eckert won, he would have got the bonus. 
There's a lot of conjecture out there that perhaps... It was a day race. It was a day race where no one's really going to slip out of the rubber that perhaps McDowell let him go by and that they split 140000 instead of one guy winning forty and one guy not winning. Um, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but Jack has some suspicions, as do I. Did we lean on the moon? Did Rick Eckert win that? <laughs> you know, straight up. It's a lot of controversies and things uh, you think about here in America. I am going <laughs> to attempt to get Kai Blight on the phone from Australia now. I've never dialed an Australian number for, from here before, so bear with me here while I do this real quick. It's- 2.30 in the morning there. It's 2.30 in go. the morning. Okay, yeah. here we go. We're getting Kai Blight, who we love, on the phone. Let's make sure this works. We're dialing internationally. Let's make sure this happens. Is it going to work, Derek, you think? Hopefully. Hopefully he didn't fall asleep on yeah, us. Yeah, it's not It's not ringing. It's not ringing right now even. I'm, I'm a little unclear on that. I think I did it right. Are you like – there he is. I see him joining. Kai, are you there? Yeah, Mike. Kai, Kai, <laughs> Kai, you are uh, you are Good li- night, you are live on the air right now with Derek Kessinger and I on this week's video cast, and our co-host is Jack Sullivan, the one and only Jack Sullivan from Greenbrier, Arkansas. So, uh, Kai, first thing well, I, hey. I, I got to ask you, Kai, what time is it in Australia right now? It's two p.m. Central time. What time is it in Australia? It is. Uh... Yeah, two thirty or something like that. A.M. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to read the. It's hard to read the clock. My eyes aren't working. <laughs> Were you? Did I wake you up? Did you stay up for us? For us, Kai? How did this work? Oh, I had to set my alarm, and uh, I was I was I was trying to stay up, but uh, nah, I. Uh, just happy to be a part of uh, anything dead on dirt content, uh, mate. Absolutely. Well, we are huge Kai Blight fans here. Uh, you, you are Derek's <laughs> favorite Australian driver is Paul Stubber. Mine's Kai Blight. Oh, don't so listen to him, Kai. I, Do I, not I, listen your to favorite him. is Stubber. You said it. I'm a Kai Blight That's guy. Lies. We Kai pounds the cushion. All right. What more do you want? He is like the Sheppy or Pierce of Australia. That is true. So there, yeah. All right. No more. Uh, Derek, I'm not too disappointed. Stubber's not a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Kai, we keep hearing the term global pandemic a lot, right? Americans, as you know, you've been here. We're a little self-absorbed. We only think about ourselves sometimes. But this is affecting people all over the world. And I kind of wanted to get a perspective on what is it like for our Australian friends and family right now in racing? What is it like for Kai Blight in Australia in the age of the coronavirus? Yeah, I feel like the uh, Australian government's actually done a fantastic job. They... um they got onto it really early and put in some really uh, strict um, conditions to make sure we didn't travel too far and stuff and made sure we stayed home and, and stayed indoors. And um, You can't do a whole lot at the moment, but uh, the numbers are quite low and uh, um, the rate of infection is quite low and stuff like that. I think it's only um, people that have travelled overseas that have um, contracted the virus. So... Um, not doing a whole lot at the moment, but, uh, yeah, things don't look too doom and gloom, so it's not too bad. Kai was a little bummed out. Tom Hanks got the virus. He was in Australia, I believe, when he had the virus, wasn't he? You almost took Tom Hanks from us, one of our national treasures, Kai. <laughs> oh, I know. The news was nuts. They they were uh, mortified the fact that Tom Hanks contracted it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can take – listen, you can take racing away, but Tom Hanks is a national treasure. You can't, you can't take <laughs> – uh, you know, it, I know racing season for you guys really kind of runs opposite of ours. Our seasons are different. Were you guys, were there some races coming up at all for you guys in Australia? Have they just canceled all those? Just take take us through the current racing environment down there. 
Yeah, so I think there was about, uh, locally, there was two or three meetings that got cancelled at the Perth Motorplex, and then um, they have, have uh, a couple of big money shows, you know, Easter kind of time that uh, were cancelled as well. But the majority of our season really happens December, January, February, so that was kind of all taken care of. Um, we'd sold our car, so we didn't actually uh, lose, <laughs> lose too much. But, um, yeah, things were really taken care of um, before all of this happened, so... Uh, we were we were all looking forward to getting over to uh, to you guys and 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 being a part of the summer nationals and all that again. Uh, unfortunately, you know all the travel bans and that came in and we couldn't get across. But uh, yeah, for us here, all the racing's pretty much tied up, so it wasn't a massive loss. Derek, go ahead. Kai, I'm watching you wheel at Eldora here, but I got I got two questions for you. You can answer them at the same time. But first one is, who's your favorite United States driver and who do you try to model your racing after? And what is your favorite? summer national stop and location because i know you love the summer nationals <laughs> <laughs> we uh tim mccready i absolutely love tim he's a fantastic guy wears his heart on his sleeve and every time he goes in the racetrack you know he's given 110 percent but uh i tried to actually mold myself around um jonathan davenport that dude gets up on the wheel and if he's going to tear the spoiler off it he absolutely tears the spoiler off it to get a win so um, those two guys are someone uh, I try to uh, look up to and, and see if we can't uh, emulate a little bit. But Summer Nationals, I absolutely love the Summer Nationals. I think any time you can, um, you know, get that much racing in, in that short amount of time is just fantastic. And um, Falls, mate, it's it's the place to be, isn't it? <laughs> See, it's international, you know, now, right? The international February American yeah, Legion no, Speedway just, is what it you goes, It's global. Yes, it it's is. a global track. <laughs> Jack, uh, we've got Jack Sullivan on the line, too. And I, Kai, have you ever met Jack before or no? I haven't, but it's actually funny. The guy I just sold my car to, he had a GRT, and on the roof it's got driver Jack Sullivan. I reckon it's an O2 GRT, oh, wow. so it's pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. Jack, do you have any comment on that? That's I thought that guy was in prison. <laughs> 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 so did, Kai, Kai, uh, Kai no, I, uh, if you've never met, if you don't know Jack, Jack is one of the great characters in our sport. He is hilarious. And who knows what question he's about to ask you, Kai, but you're going to get that picture here in a second. So <laughs> go ahead, Jack. Well, I'm going to show my ignorance once again. <laughs> I'm not real uh, quite familiar with the uh, late mall racing in Australia, but I had uh, a few of the guys come over here and race with Jeep. Um, um, yeah. he, he's had some guys come over and help. Anyway, I've got to know a few of them through that. But what is the class? And I've always thought this would be so great for late mall racing. We ought to have somebody do it. What is the class when everybody lines up on the front straightaway and you flip a quarter and decide <laughs> if you're going to go left or right? <laughs> yeah, so so our street stocks actually do that. So they're set up to go both ways. But I know the guys that hang out with Jeep, the old field clan, and, mate, they're as loose yeah. as they come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be great if the World 100, I mean, Stuart walked out there on the stage and flipped the coin whether we was going to go left or right? And nobody no. knew after driver introductions. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> your, cars, your cars couldn't even go right if you wanted them to, could they? 
Well, you don't know. There's you no gotta way. you gotta set it up to do both. I mean, you don't know. Wouldn't that be funny? Or or run fifty laps one way and then run fifty the other way. Jack, don't you and Kai have something in common? You were not an American citizen for a long time either, because you were born outside the United States. <laughs> you, you're both you're both international <laughs> men of mystery, isn't that true, Jack? <laughs> I know. I had to get that figured out. That Trump, I was scared to death. He was going to deport my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I got to uh, go ahead, Derek. Go uh, ahead. Kai, just over the last five and ten years, how much has dirt late model racing improved in your guys' yeah. uh, nation? Because it seems like more and more Aussies are coming over, you know, hanging out with American, you know, during the summer whites winter there. I just feel like it's kind of catapulted here the last two or three years. Yeah, you're exactly right, mate. Um, Stubber and Vosbergen especially have been um, going over and doing a lot of racing and bringing back really good equipment and then on-selling it and stuff, and that just really helps um, the quality of, of car, especially over there. But uh, you guys, Dirt on Dirt, have done a good job of um, exposing uh, the racing and stuff, and everyone wants to be a part of it. And, yeah, I'd say the last five years has, has gone nuts and there's some really, really good equipment and cars and, and drivers now and I, I feel like if you uh, if you go and unload anywhere in Australia, it's uh, it's bloody tough to go and win a race. So um, a lot of fun to be a part of and it certainly bridged the gap just that little bit. Kai, I've got a couple things for you too. I, I just feel, I watch you race and I'm a big eye test guy, right? And I love, you are fearless in the race car. In the, and of, cor- of course, you don't have as much experience as some of these guys in America and stuff, so you're not as good as them yet. But your style, I grew up in Illinois. I grew up watching Shannon Babb and Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard and all these guys just pound these cushions. And you are not afraid to do that. And that's why I like watching you race. And what I'm getting at is, if you were over here full-time, and if you had a ride full-time in America, I think you could be one of the better drivers in the United States. Am I crazy, Kai, or not? <laughs> I sure appreciate that, but uh, I'd love the opportunity. I really would. That's what we're gearing up towards. That's what I want to do. I want to drive dirt lane models full time. And uh, um, with the opportunity that Paul and Alice Stubber gave me last year at Eldora, um, I feel like uh, you know we put our best foot forward and did the best job we could. And it was great to um, go there and have a pretty good run. But um, mate, I, I just love working on the cars. I love touching them, feeling them, being around them. So if I go and tear the deck out of it, it wasn't you know, a massive issue for me to go and spend the next day putting it back in because <laughs> it's fun. I love it. It's great. And um, heck, you sell a few T-shirts as well. It's not all bad. <laughs> Derek and I have been watching, by the way. I had to ask you this. Um, and, of course, this is this is how hilarious Americans are about Australian culture and our lack of understanding for it. I've been watching the Formula One show, Drive to Survive. And Daniel Ricardo mm-hmm. is a huge – and by, by the way, my wife is starting to like it too. Lewis Hamilton and Daniel Ricardo, my wife has taken to a little bit during this show. <laughs> but Daniel Ricardo is from Perth, which is obviously yep. – is Perth your hometown, a proper hometown too, Kai, or no? Oh, I'm from Bunbury, which is about an hour and a half okay. away. So yeah, I, I didn't course. know suburbs or, or what exactly it was there. Do you know Daniel Ricardo? Have you met him? He's literally one of the most famous race car drivers on the planet. Have you met him before? I haven't, but Paul Stubber is actually really, really good friends with um, Ricardo's dad, and um, they have regular contact, which is pretty cool. Okay. But uh, he's an absolute legend. He's a, he's always happy and, and jovial and, um, yeah, just a great ambassador for our country, yeah, I think. Yeah, man. I was When I saw he was from Perth, I, if I had known he was from Sydney, I probably wouldn't ask, but I knew he was kind of your direction, so I thought I would. Uh, Jack, what I'd like yeah. to know, final thing for Kai, Jack, 
you hear this Australian accent, right? And it is just listen. This guy, Kai, you're, did you get married, Kai? Or you're getting married? Yeah, that was his wedding present was for the World 100. That's right. Ride. That's right. So yeah. you got married. So this is off the table now, of course. But Jack, you were a bit of a ladies' man back in the day. If you had this Australian accent that Kai has, Jack, <laughs> how much easier would your life have been back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, it, 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 it's, it, it for sure couldn't hurt to have it. I know that. It does have, especially if I could just whip it out when I needed to. Yeah. The accent. Nice. We're talking about the accent there, right? Yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah, okay. the yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of places this accent I got works pretty good. <laughs> where are those? Nice where are those places outside of Greenbrier? I'd like to know where that I is. Can't, I can't, I can't reveal all that. You know that. <laughs> it obviously had to be around the Midwest in 2010, 11, yeah, nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not. Well, next question. Yeah, Derek, Derek, <laughs> if you had this accent, Kai's a good-looking guy too. You'd be mopping up with well, this hey, accent. Well, Kai did tell me once if uh, I went over to Australia with my accent, the ladies would be all over me. So it goes reverse roles a little bit, right, Kai? Kai, that can't be real. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I was at Longhorn uh, a couple of years ago, and I was talking to Matt Langston, and uh, he just stopped me mid-sentence and looked and said, mate, I don't understand a word you are saying. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. And that's coming from yeah. him. I don't understand what yeah. he's saying half the he time. He can't understand me, and I can't understand him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, I love Matt Langston to death, but his accent isn't exactly spectacular either. So let's be honest. Uh, Kai, last thing I'll say, are you do you do are your plans scrapped for the summer? Do you still have a flight booked, or are you just in a holding pattern kind of waiting to see what happens here? I am probably one of the more optimistic people getting around and I'm hoping that we can get across at some stage but um, for right now I don't think um, Paul's going to go across I don't think he's going to do the summer nationals or anything like that but um, there's a couple of cars there there's a, a truck and trailer and uh, if if we can we've uh, we've got some flights sitting sitting there waiting so we'll get across and see what we can do but uh, if worse comes to worse I got a new car sitting at Longhorn that's uh, that I really have to get home. I'd love to go and assemble it and, um, you know, show my face there. So if we can, uh, the plan is definitely to get across and, and show our faces and see what we can do. But uh, in times like these, I don't really know. I don't think anyone knows exactly what's going on. But, uh, you know, we'll just play it by ear. And if we can get across, that's what we'll do. Kai, I appreciate it, man. It was really great having you on. I'd honestly like to, is our relationship with Flow Racing, the company that bought us, continues to grow and we continue to expand our coverage. I'd honestly like to maybe bring you in for some for some contribution stuff. Like you work with us and do some contribution stuff. I I think a lot of you, and I really appreciate you taking some time, Derek. I know Kai's your boy. Do you got anything for him before we go? Just say safe, and we'll see you. I'm I'm with you, optimistic. I will see you Summer Nationals 2020 at Brownstown Speedway. <laughs> so we'll be ready to go there. And if you need help tuning, I'm your guy. I don't know about that, Kai. <laughs> Yeah. Guys, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be a part of this and I uh, hope you guys all stay safe as well. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, buddy. Take care, okay? Yeah. Uh, Derek, Kai's great, man. Again, I think you and Jack on the Summer Nationals faking British accent, British, faking Australian accents <laughs> this year. What do you think, Suave? I think we could make it work. I'm all in for it. I I'm just a Jack needs to come back on tour. I That's know. the big deal. Sullivan, we need you back what out the, there. What the crazy thing is of how they ship all their equipment from the States to Australia. They get them in the huge... 
containment, put them on a ship, and they won't it won't get back there until like a month in after leaving a port. So it's crazy how they can get all their stuff and take it to their homeland. Before we wrap this up, I've got some notes that I want to hit. Our Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. I thought I'd introduce that to the video cast. Jack, I don't know if you've seen this. I know Derek has. I mentioned I've been watching the show on Netflix, Formula One, Drive to Survive. It's a beautiful film-style docuseries about Formula One. I didn't honestly know a lot about Formula One racing before I started watching this. I knew it was expensive, right? But I've started to dive into the costs of this stuff. Jack, I don't know if you know this. To operate, oh, yeah. A, yeah, to operate a Formula One team, Sullivan, at $285 to $320 million a year to operate a Formula One team. The catering budget for one of the teams was over a million and a half dollars a year for catering. Can you even wrap your mind around that, Jack? No, I cannot. That, <laughs> that is astronomical to think that it costs that much to run a race car, but I guess it does. It does, but, you know, like the highest-paid guys in the sport, like Lewis Hamilton, are making $90 million a year. So it, That's it, a lot it of is. Waffle House and Steak and Shake with a million-dollar <laughs> catering tag. Jack, Jeepers. if I gave you $285 million to run a race team, what would that race team look like? <laughs> uh it wouldn't look as nice as theirs. I know that. But <laughs> it would. Uh, we're trying to figure out how to keep half of it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on Facebook or Twitter a couple weeks ago. Scott Bloomquist sent me a personal tweet. Uh, they started out. He said, "Michael Rigsby, Shannon Babb is coming, and we're going to whoop everybody's ass this year." That was basically the gist of the tweet. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Uh, so Tyler Herb, you know Tyler Herb's not going to take anything like that sitting down. Show the photo that he showed, Dmac of Turbo and Randall Edwards. They put on their driver suit. And oh. what they put, uh, it says 2020 national champion. Derek, what was that? Was that crew chief award or what did they cross out there in that photo? No, it's Josh Richards when he won, but they crossed it out and put 2020 and put Tyler Herb's name over it. And it's, uh, you know, or Randall Edwards. And I got to look and see exactly what Turbo sent me, but it was like, he, he said, my, he said, Hey, Michael Rigsby, this world is coming to best domination. Rock and Randall and Jeff Babcock are getting two brand new cars just finished today. We are going to start putting some serious effing heat on the effing competition. <laughs> and then he put that photo up. So I think Randall needs the. I don't know about the hunter lappers. I don't think he could survive. When you know the way you he don't spit. think che- you don't think not the way he's spit in that driver's suit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> we I, didn't. Thought it a, I thought it was a cheeseburger contest when they won. <laughs> <laughs> they won the cheeseburger contest. Uh, last week, we didn't talk about this much, and I blame Derek for this. Uh, Bab, uh, Scott Bloomquist race cars now. Jack, what do you think about that? Shannon Bab and Scott Bloomquist together. Actually, I'm really not surprised. Uh, I think uh, I, I really think Scott's been a real big fan of Bab over the years, and then through the Petrov connection, yeah, I, I could see it happening. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how them cars um, – uh, how they work up there in Illinois, you know, they're, they're, you know, back steered against the cushion, you know, they're not, they're, they sure ain't no rocket for that kind of stuff. So it will be, uh, yeah, if we ever get to racing again, I can't, can't wait to watch that. Yeah. I kind of agree. Those, you know, you don't think bull black dirt bull rings when you think about Scott Bloomquist race cars, uh, you think about Eldora, no, you don't. Eldora and Knoxville and that kind of big Florence stretched out, that's what, straighter stuff. That's what me and Tyler Reddick were talking about the other day. But he said 
his Bloomquist car was the best car he ever had, chassis-wise, running the top at Eldora. So yeah. maybe it just takes a different driving style to maybe do Maybe Eldora, right? But Macon, yeah, that's Fairbury, what you're saying, Farmer we'll City. See, but. Yeah, I- I'm with you. We'll see there. Uh, last note, the Watson family, not sure if you saw this, uh, they have bought Ohio Valley Speedway in West Virginia. Ohio Valley Speedway, Derek, in West Virginia. Uh, they purchased that racetrack. They've already got new pit lights, new parking lot lights, new fencing, and a new office already up at this racetrack. I think a lot of people are getting some of these things done during this time. Yeah, so people can say people can't have no excuse now saying why our facility. Like when people say your facility looks junky, I'm glad that more and more tracks and people owning them are you know trying to make them look better. Uh, one guy that I know that Jack Sullivan is a fan of, that I am too, and I wanted to give a shout-out now. I haven't done this enough during this downtime is Kaiser Manufacturing and Scott Kaiser. Scott Kaiser has been one of the biggest allies. You can throw that full screen up, Dustin, of everything Dirt on Dirt has done since its inception. And I cannot say enough about Scott and Brian Doherty, his, his beautiful wife, Anna, and everybody, Winger, and everybody in that organization for what they've done. KaiserManufacturing.com. They have kick-ass apparel on there, so please check that out. Go to KaiserManufacturing.com. Kaiser has been a huge supporter of ours, a huge supporter of motorsports. And, Jack, I know you know the Kaisers pretty well, too. Absolutely. He is probably, um, when I went, when I left GRT, went on my own, uh, he was the uh, one of the first first people that called me and uh, offered me a hand. And, uh, matter of fact, a lot of people probably don't know this, but I actually ran the very first set of Integra shocks ever made. Really? Was on my race car. Yes, right. And, uh, but he has been a, uh, uh, not only a good friend, but he is probably, if, if there's a Mount Rushmore of people that ain't sit in a race car, he is for sure on it. Yeah. And, uh, he is, he does more for more people than, uh, than they could ever, people could ever even imagine. Yeah, pe- racing. people can look at that as a shameless plug or whatever for Scott. I don't care. The guy's done a million things for me. I don't and, care either. Yeah, I don't <laughs> right, care either. right. Same thing because he's, he's been so good. Last thing, McCarty, roll those full screens again one more time. We'll zip through them. Dirt on dirt, tons of content from what is a crown jewel uh, this week that we debated on Quarantake. Let's get that one up there first. We're going to have Burkoffer on here, Derek, in about 90 minutes to watch his greatest moments of his career with him. It's going to be exciting. We got him dialed in on Skype. He was a little bit worried, but he's ready to go. His kids had to help him out. So I love it. He and said he's having a bush light during that, if you could believe. So. And then uh, real quick for on Flow Racing as well, tons of USAC content. And don't forget, the dream in the world will air on Flow Racing this year, uh, June, hopefully, obviously, in September. So it's not just for sprint car folks, people. We're going to bring some late model content to Flow Racing and inevitably, hopefully, get a joint subscription for these two great websites. Uh, and then also, Dustin, this weekend, it's the best of the summer nationals on Dirt on Dirt from 1 p.m. on Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern all the way until Monday, till just after midnight, right? Is that is that right, Dustin, just after midnight? Yeah. Just after midnight Monday morning, summer nationals content over and over and over again. Just highlights here, not actual live races or anything, just some highlights. Just tune into our 24-7 channel. You might see Mary. Do you see any Jack Sullivan in there, Suave, or no? No, because 2013 is the earliest on Vimeo, so okay, we don't have that big Peoria win. Sorry, oh, Jack. Oh, no, we got to get the Peoria win on there. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you again to Todd Turner, to Dale McDowell, Kai Blight. And, Jack, you were awesome, dude. You really were a breath of fresh air today. 
Um, it was fantastic to have you on as a co-host. I, I would just like I told Kai, I'd love to do some content with Jack Sullivan. Have you ever thought about that being a contributor for us? Or you're really good at this stuff. Yeah, I can do it. That's just another hat I can put on. It ain't no big deal. I can handle it. Do you need me to handle Natalie at all for you and run some interference with your wife to kind of make sure things are okay this next few weeks until the quarantine's over? Yeah, I mean, you might call and check on me and make sure that uh, I am still living. Uh, So, yeah, I get a – yeah. She wants me there, but she don't want me there. I don't know. It's a, it's a fight to figure out if I'm supposed to be inside or outside or out of her way or what. I don't know. You are experiencing what I think a lot of husbands right now are experiencing yeah. across the world. So, yeah. Derek, any final yeah. thoughts? I think my job's in jeopardy. Him and Case Bowl and Boom and Bobby and Devin, they have another career of racing if the racing career shuts down. I so. wasn't going to fire you right on the spot. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to like, call Jack give me a afterwards. a couple weeks in advance, <laughs> but I'm doomed. So. Jack, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Guys, everybody stay safe at home. I think we're rounding a corner. I'm feeling optimistic about Memorial Day weekend happening. It's two weeks later than I originally predicted, but I, I think that Show Me 100 might happen, and I think you're going to see some racing sprinkled in in mid-May. For Jack and everybody else, guys, stay safe out there. We'll see you next week.